This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, everybody? Golden Edge Podcast with you once again. Thanks for tuning in. Lots to talk about, and we might sound a little more excited than usual. It's because training camp is over. Training camp is over. <laughs> we don't need to sing it. Well, we I sing everything. People. I we sing just, through life. That's true. When we I'm can, excited, we can just tell people, "Hey, training camp's over." It doesn't need to be a song or like a some sort of Broadway play about it. Just it's over. My life's a Broadway play, but we did it, everybody. We got through training camp. We got through the preseason. Real hockey is on the way, and it is coming at you Thursday at T-Mobile Arena against the Philadelphia Flyers. If you are a Vegas Golden Knights fan, you know what? I was wrong. Sing that. It's coming at you Thursday. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, so yes, we are uh, through training camp. The Golden Knights, a six and one record. It means everything. That they're winning the Stanley Cup. They're six and one. Best goal differential in the NHL so far. Yeah, it means nothing. It, nothing. it really doesn't. Now, Literally nothing. I would say there's a couple of things you can take away from the preseason that do mean maybe something. First of all, uh, Fleury was outstanding, and that that could carry over. I mean that he was playing against, especially in the last game against San Jose. A top line, um, you know, most of almost all of the regular players were in there. Their top power play unit was there. Every most most guys were there, and Flurry was really good. And Flurry was even better in the game before against you know an average lineup uh, from the Kings. So you can take that away. You can take you can take certain things away. The team certainly at times was you know skating very fast and playing very fast like they did last year. Uh, there were certain times in the last two games they weren't very happy with what they were doing, but. Um, you can take some positive things, but don't look at the record and say they're six and one. This is great. In fact, I, I saw you write the other day, and I could get it wrong, but I thought it was what the last Stanley Cup winner to have a winning record in the preseason was 2011. Yeah, it was the Los Angeles Kings. Other than that, 500 or worse. Everyone, uh, every Stanley Cup winner in the preseason. It's kind of a weird stat, but that's the reality of it: is that the Stanley Cup winners haven't tended to do very well in the preseason. It's a weird stat only in that it just tells you that it just means nothing. Absolutely <laughs> that's, nothing. That's what it is. So, um, you know, stats stats can say a lot of things. Sometimes they are very meaningful. Sometimes they're not. In this case, a uh, preseason record, not very meaningful. But things that happen on the ice are meaningful at times. And uh, there was some good things to take away, I would say, from the preseason. And now we kind of know what the roster is going to look like going forward. And, you know, you, you, know, you play it down. And uh, you get down to, to where you are right now, and right now the the Golden Knights, you know, are set and ready to go into the pre into the regular season, and maybe some maybe some differences from what people expected. Yeah, I think overall it's basically what you could project going into training camp, except for the fact that Cody Eakins on IR, he got put on IR yesterday, so they're going to keep both Oscar Lindbergh and you know a guy like Carrier. Um, potentially, I think they might have had to decide between those two guys, but you get to keep both for at least a little bit because Cody Eakins in on IR, 
And then defenseman Jake Bischoff makes the team because Nate Schmidt is suspended 20 games, obviously, for his uh, performance-enhancing substances suspension. And so that's the one spot, I think, going into camp, you would have said, who's going to get that eighth defenseman spot? Yeah. And we now know it's Jake Bischoff. And that was, to me, looking at the 23-man roster yesterday, he was really the one I circled. It was like, that would have been tough to predict going into camp, or at least you could have had a good debate going into camp about who that would be. Other than that, I feel like we pretty much knew who all these guys were going to be heading into training camp. Yeah, for sure. And there was, you know, flashes from certain guys, and you thought, hey, maybe this guy's making a push uh, to make the team. But even, you know, when when Gerard Gallant talks about the team for the most part, he says, hey, I just coach the guys that are here. I don't make those kind of decisions. But he was honest at times and said, we all know the roster is 95% set. Right. And He's, general manager George McPhee said that before camp, yeah, too. Yeah. And so you kind of, I mean, so. You did kind of know, and if you would have projected the roster before camp, you would have been very close. Uh, probably the big call would have been Bischoff or Branstrom. Uh, would have been the most tough, uh, most difficult decision to make on the team, on the roster. And some other things kind of fell into place. As you said, Cody Eakin going on IR changes the dynamic at forward. So uh, we'll see going forward uh, exactly what they do. Top line, we kind of knew. And they're still good. <laughs> very much knew they were going to be good. They were going to be together. And then two-thirds of the second line, we knew. But th- there is still – we're still looking at it and saying, what are they doing with that third spot in the second line? I thought it was going to be Tuck all along. I thought from the very beginning it was going to be Tuck. I don't think that's necessarily the case now. I think Howell looked pretty good on that line. He's looked a little bit better than I thought he might. He has done a good job not basically conceding that spot to Alex Tuck, kind of the up-and-coming young forward who I still think could have a very good role on that line as kind of the four-checker for Stasny and Pacioretty. But Howla has you know, n- done nothing to relinquish that spot so far. I, I, and I, the other thing, and, and when you look at the roster, it's not necessarily just about who's best on the second line. It's also putting together other lines as well. And I thought Howla uh, would, would fit in as a center, especially with Eakenhurt down the lineup. And he still might. That might be how they work things out. Uh, but I, I just, I felt Tuck was just a better fit, and I thought when you talk to Stastny and Pacioretty about, um, you know, what they want to play with them, they just said, "Hey, we just want a really fast guy and a guy that can be a playmaker," and they both can. They, they kind of both fit that role. I just, I thought Tuck as like that young energy, you know, guy, the big guy, and as you said, could do some forechecking. I thought that was the the way it would go, and you know, we'll see exactly how they line up all the time, but still kind of to be decided, but. You know, you look up and down the lineup, and again, it's not that different than you probably would have projected things uh, before training camp started. It, you know, even the, it was the roster looking about the same. The lineups are looking probably about the same when we uh, actually kick things off on on Thursday night and watch this team play. It's going to look very similar to what we expected. Right. I mean, we said the only big call that they had to make was Brandstrom or Bischoff, and. They made that call, but Bischoff's probably not going to even skate on opening night because he is going to be the eighth defenseman on this team and probably scratch pretty regularly. Yeah. And so that's, I think, one of the main reasons why they chose him over Branstrom is Branstrom's still 19. He can go to the minors, play every night, and keep developing, whereas Bischoff's 24, so he's a lot older, a lot more experienced. He played in college for four years, played in the AHL all of last season. So he kind of knows what's up, and it's time for him to play yeah. in the NHL and be and, in the NHL. And he's been effective. And so I think that was, that's the other thing. It's not it's not just that, uh, hey, Branstrom is down because he's still young and 
even yeah, you know, he did make some mistakes. He's a flashy player that people are very excited about, but Bischoff earned the spot. Like I I think he did enough positive things and and played played a more clean defense, I think, than Branstrom did at times where we saw some mistakes out of him. And it's not just a case of Bischoff's here because Branstrom, you know, they want to get Branstrom another year of seasoning and, and work on him. Bischoff earned this spot and I think it was uh, you know, he was solid defensively, and he also took advantage of opportunities on the offensive end. He he showed to be he proved to be opportunistic. Yeah, as weird as this is, as much as we praise Brandstrom's offense and his playmaking ability, he and Bischoff had the same amount of points in the preseason. I believe yeah. Brandstrom had four in five games, and then he did have a shootout goal, which you know obviously gives him a lot of acclaim for that. But then Bischoff had four points in four games, so he was you know. Taking good shots from the blue line, he was you know getting tips, deflections, and he had a nifty play in the uh, last preseason game um, before this uh, last one against the Sharks. The previous home game, he had a really nice goal too, where he picked up the puck, was patient with it, and got it into the net off of a rebound. And so I think he's shown yeah enough that he's ready for this level, and he has playmaking ability to his game too. Not the upside of a Brandstrom, but he has at least some upside still there. Brandstrom would be starting in the NHL if not for Shea Theodore coming to terms on his contract. So uh, that did change the dynamic a little bit, uh, you know, last week when that happened. Uh, but as far as uh, as far as he goes, we're going to address that on our uh, our mailbag video. So make sure you go tune that uh, tune into that as well. Uh, we'll talk about when we think we could see Brandstrom uh, up at the NHL level with the Knights. Uh, get into that a little bit more. And definitely have some thoughts about that when he could be playing. And, you know, just the the one thing that you need to remember about George McPhee, he has often said he, he likes to overcook, not undercook prospects. He'd rather have them in, you know, in the minors for an extra year than bring them up too early. So that's where his fallback is. His, you know, his uh, his thought process usually involves, hey, let's let's make sure these guys are more than ready when they finally come up. Uh, so we'll monitor that situation and make sure you check out our mailbag video as well. But that just brings us to Thursday night. Real hockey. Hockey that counts. Uh, I talked actually to uh, Logan Couture from the Sharks the other day. And he said, you know, we think that that we're the favorites and we think the Knights are right there. And the Knights think that they're right there and we're right there with them. But every single team in the division right now has zero points. And that that is kind of what's been sticking with me right now. The season's starting. Everybody's got a shot. Nothing matters from the past. The preseason doesn't matter. Last year doesn't matter. Everybody's got zero right now. Yeah, totally clean slate. And this is going to be, I think, a pretty fun division race all year. The Sharks are very good. They're loaded. They got Eric Carlson. The Knights made some big moves this offseason. They got Paul Stasny. They traded for Max Pacioretty, then handed him big money. Brought Shea Theodore back on a new deal. So these two teams both have a lot of firepower. And I think when they play each other, you kind of see that extra edge to it. We saw Ryan Reeves get pretty physical with some guys. Yeah. And he seemed to really be enjoying himself out there, taking out some sharks. There's, there's definitely something between him and Evander Kane. Absolutely. There's there no is. question. And Ryan Reeves seeked him out on the ice field. There was zero question what was going on. He went and found him, and he wanted to throw down. And I think maybe one or the other decided, like, it's the preseason. Like, let's relax. Let's save this because we're going to play each other a lot this year. At some point, we're going to get into predictions in a little bit. I'm going to make an early one. There will be an Evander Kane-Ryan Reese fight this year. Absolutely. I mean, that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. And I – it's going to be – it's a close fight, but I mean, I think Reeves wins. It's a good It's a good scrap, though. Oh, yeah, it's going to be very it's fun. pretty fair. 
But even uh, Max Pacioretty got involved in a scrum behind the net uh, in the first period yeah. of the Sharks game, too. It was interesting. There's just clearly an edge that, yeah, Pacioretty, it did not take him long to figure out this is going to be more of a dogfight. You know what? That, it is interesting. I know that they liked the Kings and the and the Knights are kind of kind of starting something. There was a playoff series last year, and that always helps. But in, in the other, L.A. and Vegas has always been a thing, so it makes sense. But I really think San Jose is the the main it's the main candidate to be an arch rival. I mean there was a playoff series between them as well. There's certainly personalities that conflict. You know, they got Carlson and, and Vegas didn't. Like there's there's just something there. And by the way, they're right now probably the two best teams in the division. I think there's other teams that can threaten them, but like I think that's the rivalry. I don't think it's the Kings. Absolutely. This year I think that is the rivalry and that's who Golden Knights fans and Golden Knights players, even though they might not admit this, that's who they're going to be looking for in the standings each day to see, hey, how did San Jose do last night? Yeah. We got to keep, they won, we got to win today. We got to keep pace with them. I think even long term, because like Kings and Ducks is like a really logical rivalry. And actually, on some level, it might be Phoenix, you know, Arizona, Vegas might be the, a more logical regional rivalry. But for some reason, I just think it sets up like, L.A., Anaheim, San Jose, Vegas. I just think it like sets up as more of a robbery. Even though people want to make it the Kings, I think San Jose long-term is the one. And we'll, we'll certainly see that this year. I, th- I think we're going to see some very physical, intense play uh, between them. Well, Thursday night, as we said, T-Mobile Arena, banners, people, craziness, chaos, gritty? We'll see. I'm hoping. I don't know. I'm not, I, I hope it happens. Now, I've said it's a very crazy week. Um, you know, I also cover MMA, so we've got Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov, perhaps the biggest fight in UFC history this week as well. But if Gritty is here, as I said, we will go out. We will hit the town. I will show him around. In fact, I had, I had someone who watched our video last week contact me and offer – they offered bottle service for, for Gritty and I and whoever else is going to go. Like, we are in. So, the invitation's out there. Bring Gritty. We'll show him around. Te- Believe me, the Instagram videos that he does are amazing. They'll be even better here. Hashtag bring Gritty. I, listen, we'll, we'll, uh, I'm not going to get too deep into it. I'll just say it will be like Gritty's bachelor party weekend. Let's just leave it at that. I'm it proud of you. I'm proud he's finally uh, settling down. Maybe he can finally trim that weird beard of his. Well, I don't even think he's going to actually get married. I think he just has a bachelor party just to have a bachelor party. I want him to be happy. Almost like a, uh, just like a, a kickoff to life. He's, he's I, I mean, was he born last week? No, he's got a bio on their baby? website. Okay. They, they came up with a bio for Gritty. Okay, good. There's Dietz in there. So he's an adult? Yeah, someone smarter than us has got this figured out. Some okay. poor intern had to come up with a backstory for Gritty. Okay, so we'll find that out. Flyers in town on Thursday. I don't know much about the team. I just know about Gritty. That's all that matters to me. And so we'll find. I don't think he's going to be here, but if he is, I will be very, very happy. And it's one of the events too, where I think people are also ex- you know excited for real hockey. But this game is going to be about so much more than just who the Knights are playing. As you said, they're going to be banner raising. We're obviously just coming off of the uh, October 1 anniversary. So there's all these extra kind of emotions that come with a night like Thursday night where I think it's going to be very cathartic for a lot of people to be just to be there or just to watch the nights again and kind of 
include that event as a remembrance of last year and all the emotions that went with it. Remember, obviously, October 1 and all the emotions went with it and how the Knights kind of helped this town cope with that tragedy and then how they can then move forward and turn the page to a new season of hockey. That, uh, all that stuff is incredibly true and, and we'll, you know, we'll be there for you know, what figures to be both a celebration and I think some somber moments. I think it'll be a combination of both and, and it's going to be very emotional on both sides. I think there's going to be a lot of tears and happiness and everything else. And while you're talking about it, while I'm envisioning what Thursday night's going to be like, our esteemed director, producer, Larry Mir is showing me gritty videos. It's not really fair while we're talking about what's going to happen on Thursday. Undercutting the moment a bit. To be doing this. Uh, yeah, the googly eyes, the dancing, the bio, it's it's tremendous. Those eyes are so creepy. Uh, but yes, we will. Uh, Thursday will be... It'll be a very, very emotional night at T-Mobile Arena. And then there'll be hockey. And last year, I think one of the things the Golden Knights did really well is deal with that emotion. The emotion can go both ways. I think you could have an adrenaline dump. You could, you know, you can come out and be too excited and, and you know, not have anything left later in the game. We saw last year with the, uh, you know, after the really somber home opener, uh, the, the emotional speech by Derek England, they came out and just stomped on the Coyotes. Uh, it was insane, but you know you don't know how you, how you're going to handle emotion. But I think they've done a really really good job of of channeling emotion and and you know making it a positive. So they can handle it. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't be too concerned about their ability to deal with that stuff because they went through it all last year. So um, yeah, we'll think interesting. Part of a like you know three and zero start at least at that point. That was their third win against the Coyotes. So they started out really fast as the town was kind of grappling with kind of the after effects of what happened October one. That team just continued to channel that and win and provide, you know, kind of a positive outlet. And so it'll be interesting because they probably need to start fast again this year because they have this home game. Then they go five straight on the road, which is not an easy start to your season because they're even, you know, not just going on the road, but they're going, you know, Midwest and East Coast, and they're kind of going down the East Coast. So that's a hard trip to do right off the bat. And you're also the hunted now. It's a totally different mindset. I mean, you know, toward the end of last year, everybody knew that they were good, and you know that it was, nobody was taking them lightly. But you know, for the most part, they were still looked at as an expansion team for a lot of the year. And now they are a team that's coming off you know a run to the Stanley Cup final. So teams are going to be approaching them differently and thinking of them differently. Uh, so they're going to have to be up for every single night, um, and we'll see how they're able to handle that going forward. So. Um, you know, good good event expected. Uh, as we said, a lot of you know, a lot of happiness, a lot of sadness, uh, and then what should be a very good hockey game coming up uh, on Thursday night. We'll be out there for sure. Uh, make sure you stay with the Review Journal and Golden Edge and get everything you need to know out of that game. Uh, you mentioned the October first anniversary, and they're going. It's going to be celebrated and certainly talked about on Thursday. Uh, but the Golden Knights were all around town yesterday, kind of participating in different. Um, you know, community service activities and uh, just being a part of the city. I know uh, the players kind of talked about how they, they feel a part of the community. They feel obligated to do it because they are the pro team in town, but it's also something they really enjoy doing and, and are honored to be a part of. So I, I think that's um, – you've seen that from them. It's not like a – it's not like a task that they have to do. They seem genuinely into it. Yeah, I think they kind of view it as like part of their mission almost now. Derek England gave me a really good quote the other day when I asked him about it, and he's like, you know, like playing a game really seemed to help people, which was kind of, I think, 
interesting to me when he put it that plainly that it was just like, hey, all we were doing is playing a game, but it seemed to help people. And so that's what we want to continue to do this year is, you know, play just a game, hockey, and hopefully that will help people and give them kind of a cathartic outlet. And yeah, then he mentioned like, you know, we view it as part of our mission. We are part of this community. Our community was wounded. And so we want to be part of the solution to help fix it. And so he's obviously gone above and beyond too of starting a foundation where he's going to honor first responders and other people who sacrificed at games, every single home game. And so it's kind of interesting to see them. They took that ball when that happened for, and a lot of them hadn't been here that long yeah. and they really just kind of rolled with it. Yeah, for sure. And even, you know, heard from guys like, you know, Max Pacioretty and Paul Stasty about immediately just feeling a part of uh, something special and, and participating yesterday. We, we saw there was um, an event with Mandalay Bay employees. There was, um, an event with some of the first responders that were actually on site already when the shooting happened and then uh, a blood drive. And, you know, I saw some of the players uh, participating there and then, yeah, they gave blood, you know, three was, days before their season opener. I was interested in that. Uh, I thought, you know, I was like, eh, I mean, the pro athletes in top condition. I'm sure they're going to bounce back from giving blood, but it's a draining literally and figuratively uh, thing to do. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, I think that's a very, cool gesture by them because you know like you said they're pro athletes they could probably bounce back but it's still a little bit of a risk they're taking uh by the way i saw chance giving blood too uh, no no what are you doing stop it i i think it's safe to say that you will not be getting (laughs) bottle service for chance no (laughs) but also i don't want chance's blood like what is i don't even know what that is what color was it i don't know I don't know that he was actually giving blood either. Just if somebody's like, you're an idiot, he wasn't giving... I understand. The actual mascot wasn't giving blood. But he was in the thing. I'm and glad we cleared the- that up. <laughs> Believe me. I was... Because I was wanted to just leave it there and joke about it. But I knew I could just see the tweets coming in. Idiot! Bring it on, idiots. haters. Yeah, it's so stupid. Yes, I understand that Chance wasn't actually giving blood. He... Is it good that he tried? I, I guess. It's it's something for, you know, hey, little kids can see. Like, hey, that's a good thing to do when I'm, when I'm all there. I'll give blood. Because Chance did it. But no, stop it, Chance. Stay away. Gritty blood? Yeah, I'll take gritty blood. I'll, I'll, I'll have that. That's That seems like good, solid blood that will keep you going for a while. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> okay. My prediction is that uh, gritty blood will mess you up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, my, I want to get those googly eyes. Might be pre- great. My prediction for the goal of the night season. What are you just transitioning away from gritty blood? That was good stuff. I thought that was a very professional segue. <laughs> okay, that was good. Okay, so what is? Thank you. What is, so what? It is prediction time. The season's starting. What do we got? What are we looking at? What do you think happens with the Golden Knights? So uh, my official prediction, which is going to be printed in our uh, review journal special preview section for the Golden Knights, which I believe you can pick up in bookstores and gas stations and whatnot. Bookstores? I don't know. Still around? Okay, well, that's fine. BNN, you know, get good stuff. Get the special section. It's going to be available on Wednesday. Get it anywhere where you'd usually buy a newspaper or a magazine. It's going to be everywhere. And there's four covers. It's going to, it is. Collect them all. It's like hockey Pokemon. Is that still a thing? Oh, yeah. Is it really? I thought that was like a two-week run on Pokemon. You thought Pokemon was a two-week thing. The, the Pokemon Go thing? Well, yeah, but there's still Pokemon outside of Pokemon Go. But the, that there, thing's done, right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I don't see people wandering through the streets anymore like I did for a while. Like, I used to see kids just 
not like teenagers just walking down the middle of the road. Like I think there's one here. Stop and maybe it. adult sports reporters. It's fine. I caught them. Well, you did that. Got to catch them all. How long? How long did you do that for? Let's not get into it. Are you still doing it? No. Like, that... Is there a Pokemon in here? Is that why you're here? I had an intervention. I'm good. Okay, good. Pokemon That's good. <laughs> no, they don't. They can't get blood either. Uh, anyway, my prediction for this <laughs> season uh, in our special section, I said uh, 47, 27, and eight. Uh, I have them. Um, uh, second in the division. That's 102 points. Yes. Quick math, I think. I don't know. Nice. Thank you. I had um, second in the division to the sh- Sharks in my official prediction because I had to do that for the special section too. And I had them losing to said Sharks in the second round of the playoffs. Oof. And that'll get published in tomorrow's paper, I believe. That would uh, really back up my rivalry. It would. If uh, Yeah, if they, if they go out to the Sharks this year. I had them in six games they lost to the Sharks. Wow, okay, there you go. That's very specific. Thank you. If that comes true, that'll be very, very impressive. Uh, I had 45, 30, and 7, so a total of 97 points. Third in the Pacific Division. I know their over-under over right now is sitting at 99.5. So you have them just over. I have them just under. Uh, and I, I think the playoffs will be God, the playoffs will be a little bit of a struggle. It, it's so hard to make that run again. It's it's it's. I mean, the season is long, and it's tough to... Uh, it's tough to have repeat like successful season when you have to try to get up for 81, 82 games. Yeah, um, so the last Stanley Cup runner-up to make it back to the final was the Pittsburgh Penguins in 08. They lost to the Red Wings. 09, they beat the Red Wings, got their revenge. Uh, spurred by a young goaltender named Marc-Andre Fleury. Wow, ironically. look at that. I know. Look at that. I did my research. That's impressive. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's very tough to... Uh, to, to do that again, to make that kind of a run. And, and the you know, Stanley Cup final is so unpredictable. So um, I think it'll be difficult in the playoffs, but I do think, you know, I don't think they're going to take a huge step back. I think they, you know, have some struggles. Like last year, they just didn't have, they didn't find a losing streak. They somehow were able to avoid ever having that big slide. I think at some point this year, they're going to, they're going to go through some real struggles and try to have to figure things out. But I think they'll be fine and they'll get there and they'll make the playoffs and anything can happen then. But, uh, I think it's very difficult to make a run a second year, as you just pointed out, especially coming off a Stanley Cup final loss. Uh, but make sure you check out our predictions and everyone's predictions in the special section. As Ben said, go find a bookstore. I don't know where you're going to do it, but go find one. Uh, they're around. Newsstands. Uh, everywhere. Everywhere that you can find the newspaper, uh, find magazines, anything else. The special section will be there. Four different covers. I would say buy them all. Yeah. I think you have to. I think, hockey Pokemon. I think you want to collect them just like hockey Pokemon. We'll get an app. We'll uh, show you where they are out there. and You can go find them and wander around the streets and try to find the special sections. Uh, but that'll do it for us with the Golden Edge. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Adam Hill LVRJ at Hockey in Vegas at Ben S. Goats. I was Nailed it. Middle initial. That's right. Good. So follow along. Uh David Chain LVRJ, I believe, is Dave's Twitter. Yes. I always forget that one as well. Follow him for sure. He's got all the information that you ever need about the Golden Knights. And uh, ReviewJournal.com, at Hockey in Vegas, all of the places you know where to find us. Make sure you follow along. And Thursday night, Thursday night, the opener. We're very excited. We'll be out there. And then Ben and Dave will hit the road for a five-game road trip, which will have a whole lot of uh, storylines as well as they go back and visit Washington in a Stanley Cup final rematch. Now that'll do it. Make sure you check us out again next week and uh, check out everything we do here at ReviewJournal.com with the Golden Edge. For Ben Goats, Adam Hill, thanks to Larry Mir for running it and laughing at all of our stupid jokes. We'll talk to you guys later.
Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.